Yes, Baywatch. Welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Here we are yet again in your ear holes. Ready? <laughs> Don't make it sound bad. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good. It's good. We're back, baby, for another episode. We're here. We're Hosab. We're Hosabulicious, some might say. Hose before. And no. Hosabs before. Brosabs. Brosabs. <laughs> yeah, totally. Sure. And here we are. Here we are. We're back. And so we're just getting, we're diving into that world. We're getting back into the Crescent City of it all. And Mm -hmm. without, honestly, further ado from me, I think I'm just going to hand it over to Will to just, like, tell us what's going on. Ugh. Okay. Where are we at, little pup? Our pup. (laughs) Pup of the pod. Our sweet pod pup. I love it so much. No, um, we can tell by your face. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, okay, so we open on our problematic fave place in Crescent City, which is Daddy Autumn King's study. <laughs> oh, ooh, we love to hate it, hate to love it, you know? Yeah, at the end of last Crescent City season, I think we we discussed how we were in the market for a wee redemption arc, perhaps, for Daddy Autumn King. Now, do we get the inklings of that in this chapter? No. No. I say we don't. But I think credit credit where it's due. He is lounging in a crimson leather armchair by a fireplace. And his little experiments... Are like bubbling and boiling in the background. That's so my offering, like, Halloween person. It's like, so Halloween. It's so Christian Goth Girl fall. It's like spooky. everything you could possibly want. It's spooky. And like, is he being a complete dick? Yes. Sure. Sure. But he's doing it with a sense of coziness that I think we all aspire to. Yeah. Like a commanding coziness. I'm picturing yeah. him in that. What was that? That like Helmsworth brother sweater? You know what I mean? Like real cozy Helmsworth sweater. Hemsworth. 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 I don't know them for their sweaters uh, specifically, but yeah, I no from that you. one movie where there's like a murder and they solve it, and he has that sweater, and it was a meme. Oh my god, guys, be more online. Stop living your lives. Okay. <laughs> I don't live a life anyway, anyway. I'm picturing Autumn King hot in a sweater. Yeah. So we're in the cozy study, and it is Rune. Cormac, Scottish Cormac of Gossip Girl, and yes. <laughs> Autumn Daddy King. And Rune is doing his, like, he's like, this is bullshit, you know, about yeah. the arranged marriage. He's and being the big bro. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of most of it. There are a few wee details we learn that are maybe worth surfacing, but basically, Rune does his normal kind of ineffectual I was like, say. rebelling. <laughs> the intent is there. The strategy, the however, intent is, is not. there. He's he's not. Yeah, he's not really outcome oriented. So throughout this whole thing, Cormac is kind of pushing Rune's buttons masterfully, and Rune is just like going off one way and off another way. We learn through Cormac that Hypaxia. Hot witch queen who also is like it's sort of unclear to me. Did she agree to be engaged to Rune, or is this just what the Autumn King wants? Because last book she was kind of like, mm, I'm not like marrying anyone right now. She agreed. She agreed. Yeah, okay. I think she had to. Okay, 
Anyway, she's part necromancer. She's like, mm. she's like witch on her mom's side, which necromancer hello, on her dad's side. As if I could love her more. I know. I know. This was, yeah, like not to Dina. get too spoilery here, but you mm. know my feelings toward lesbian necromancers, a la Gideon the Ninth, Gideon Hive. You know, rise up. Does this mean anything to you guys? If not, get on your lesbian necromancer game. I like know it exists. I haven't read it, but I know it exists. Wow. Um. Nothing better, except perhaps a half witch, half necromancer. It is really everything you could possibly want. <laughs> Truly, it is. <laughs> okay, so that's first. Second, Hypaxia's half sister, which apparently Rune didn't know, is da da dun the Hind. The Hind, Ooh. Lydia. That is some daytime soap opera shit. Truly, different dad. They have different dads, so I guess half sister. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After Cormac leaves. We get, like, a kind of sweet moment of father-son bonding, by which I mean Daddy Autumn King tells Rune that he wishes Cormac was his son. Ooh. <laughs> which is, Fucked you know, up. everything you want to hear from your father. So I'm sure Rune is, like, going to handle that in a healthy way. Yeah, he's going to go get another tattoo or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's sort of, I think, all we need from from that wee moment. We're back. We're back in the apartment. We're back in Bryce Hunt domicile. Hunt had a bad night of sleep because he was too worried about what shenanigans might be happening over in the other room where Ethan is sleeping in the same bed. As if he couldn't hear every breath that they were taking. Yeah, I guess true. Um, But he still still slept poorly. Uh, We get a kind of cute morning scene, though, because everyone is, like, having breakfast and drinking coffee. And then Ethan and Bryce are recounting drunken escapades together from their youth so fun yeah and it's nice she goes to the shower the boys start like snipping at each other as boys mm-hmm. are want to do they're both overprotective of bryce obviously and ethan is like well sir like it took my brother five years to get a date and you're only on five months so like watch out <laughs> yeah <laughs> we get to see bryce at work at the fae archives it's like a nice vibe. I will say it's like a little too noisy for Bryce and I think a little too noisy for me. Like there, there are wow. few too many people bumping around. It's not the kind of quiet isolation she had working for Jessica. However, there is a waterfall fountain pouring from the atrium ceiling. Ooh. Oh my gosh. And indoor water features are amazing. So I'd be sure. there for that. Yeah, and also, isn't it, it's sort of in a museum when there are like crowds, but they're like whispering. So I, think, mm. I think it still could mm-hmm. be good. Like the it yeah, could be good. shuffling, you know, yeah, not, like stepping yeah. about. Also, now that I think about it more, I feel like nothing would be cooler than working at the museum. You're strutting around because you have access to everything and you know everything, and yeah. everyone else is just like a little visitor, and like they're so inferior to you. You would love that. Oh my gosh! And you're like popping in through the back door to like whatever yeah. exhibit, and you have your little key yeah. card, and you your have cute that key outfit. card. You know yeah. what I mean? And your little museum worker outfit. They're like marveling over um they're marveling over whatever basic art and you're like, oh, that's like not even the coolest thing here. So maybe it's perfect. <laughs> Come to actually. think of it, perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um we get some sophomoric musing from Bryce about Lily. She's like, oh, why was Lily's life any less valuable than mine? Like me being a princess doesn't mean anything. And we're like, yeah, we all know that and agree. Like <laughs> Let's move on. Wow. <laughs> oh, sweet Bryce. She's really going through the 101 mm-hmm. psychological breakdown slash evolution of, you know, yeah. being a person. Yeah. 
We get a fun moment where Bryce calls Jessiba for help Aww. identifying a 9,000-year-old Rodinian bust of Thur, Thur, who is described as a broody demigod of, like, storms. Oh, I wonder who that's... Anyway. Mm. Um, well, that's... Okay, so question for you. Who do you guys think Hunt is? What is what is your theory? Is he descended from some god named Thur? Is he, like, some kind of Thunderbird character? Is he, like, who's... Who's his daddy? You know, we don't know. You guys we have don't a, know. Are you just like we to don't be know? honest? I'm like not a theory person. Like I just don't really engage my brain thusly. I'm just like, oh, I'll find out. I'm oh like God. a medium. I'm a medium person. I do a little bit. I don't come up with anything on my own. I just like consume some of the content. See, this is the problem with our society, and that's law school, because I think law school sucked the life out of your theories. Your theory brains. No, it's purely being lazy. It's purely being lazy. I've always been this lazy. (laughs) Fine. Well, yeah, so there's some Thur stuff going on, because this is actually our second Thur Hunt reference of the book, I believe. And so that's definitely a thing. And Thur was fey, but a demigod. So then it's like, okay, is Hunt part fey? But then it's like, is Hunt's... Is Hunt's daddy a prince of hell? I don't know. I don't know. Do you have a theory? Do you have a preferred theory, Dina? I don't, but I kind of like the hell one just because I want more hell. Okay, you don't have a preferred theory. You just gave us shit for not having a theory. Like, no, you, the I gave you shit for not liking theorizing. There's a difference, Ugh. Will. If you Whatever. look in the fine print, which you fucking lawyers love to do. Wow. I'm not even a real lawyer. This is, you're, you're like, I don't <laughs> yeah, like you're, this Yeah, you're stereotyping. I hate looking at fine print. <laughs> yeah, I literally never do it. Anyway, back to the plot. Um, Bryce calls Jessiba, and it's cute because their relationship seems to have changed a little bit. Jessiba is still kind of mean, sassy, but I think, honestly, because Bryce is now kind of important, Jessiba is here to have a more peer-to-peer relationship yeah, with totally. her totally a little more mentor mentee you know with a little little snark still yeah and look is it the best look for jessica that she got really into bryce only when she became kind of a player on the world stage no but is it realistic maybe sure. yeah so jessica gives her some sage girly wisdom about the male urge to control scary women through marriage and breeding mm. quote breeding mm. that wasn't my word for the record um <laughs> <laughs> we learned that Jessica moved the secret library. Like, she has all her shit in a warehouse now, the secret library somewhere else. She basically told Bryce, like, mm, I don't really need an employee right now. And they left on, I think she left on, like, good terms. But, you know, she had to get a new job. Hence the Faye archives. Right. was trying to get some, like, she's like, okay, are you really not going to use your powers? Like, I know the Asteria told you not to, but are you really not going to? Love that she's saying this on a phone line. I know. It's not, it's not maybe the most secure. Although, I, you kind of assume she's whatever encrypted signal yeah, that's version true. of phone. If it's Jessica. But she basically calls Bryce boring, which, I mean, this is getting a bit ahead, but you know that's going to get under Bryce's yes. skin and maybe be part of the reason for some future developments. Lol. Um, <laughs> and then there are just two other quick things. One is we get the typical back and forth. It seems honestly a little forced at this point about turning Bryce into a toad, but I only mention it because Bryce's retort is, quote, at least toads don't wear stupid heels to work 
And I'm like, girl, you fucking love your heels. Like, like oh, she's just making fun choosing. of herself. Like, you, yeah, right. You put the heels on. <laughs> yeah, like, like you're the one dressing this way every single day. <laughs> anyway, and then we get a fun ending. We get a fun ending, which I think raises something I like about this book. That is a development, I think, from the first book. So Jessica says, you know, maybe think about this whole Cormac relationship. And make sure you've weighed the pros and cons before you yeah. dismiss it out of hand. Mm-hmm. And Bryce is like, who says I'm not thinking about it? And the thing I appreciate Ooh. is I think we are getting slightly less insight into some of our main characters' deepest motivations and thoughts. There's like a layer of mystery. Mm, totally. Internal monologue mystery that I think in the first book we just like sort of knew everything she was thinking. Mm. And it, it's like keeping keeping me on my toes in a way that I appreciate. Ooh. I love that. I think that's right. I also just love that element of her scheming, right? And her motivations maybe not being all like, let me just be good and save the world. But like, let's, you know, figure out how the Autumn King is scheming and how I can get ahead of him and all of that, which I love. Love. I think this probably started coming up in the last episode, but we didn't really mention it. There's obviously the sex, the like no sex, the nonsensical no sex agreement between Bryce and Hunt. But you get some inklings that all is not right in other ways, too. And they're sort of snipping whatever at each other. Things aren't perfect in paradise. And so that plus this adds a little bit of, okay, okay. Mm. Yeah, it is interesting because SJM chooses to give us the tension via the random no sex rule. But it also could have been there via either more of a something with Cormac or more of a something with Ethan. Right. Both of those were like almost presented as options for tension, but then left on the periphery. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Who knows? What 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 does this mean for Hunt as Endgame or not? Who's to say? Mm-hmm. Not I. Yeah. And speaking of, then Bryce is on the phone with Hunt. It's like pretty boring. And then her, her chest starts going. So she hangs up as Cormac walks into our office. And this time he's wearing like a gray t-shirt. So you can see his tats, which are hot on his arm. Ooh. Oh, right. Of course he has tats. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. He kind of continues with his bad wedding pitch about how he'll let her have lovers once she bears some children, which is, okay, cool dude. <laughs> how modern of you. <laughs> yeah. But we, I think, understand a bit more for some of the cockiness he has, which is, I guess, he saw there's the Oracle Sphinx in Crescent City, but there are other ones yeah, kind of hanging about in different yeah kingdoms of course and he went to his oracle and they were like mm, you're gonna marry a princess with star power and so he's like well well what was the wording oh i don't fucking know <laughs> yeah let's look at the wording here it is here it is the oracle of avalon said i was destined to unite with a princess who possessed a star in her heart that our mingling would bring great prosperity to our people and i guess he's like mingling right. must be sex right like what else could that be and that's always the thing with the Oracle kind of stuff. Bit of ambiguity, really. Yeah. It's always in the ambiguity, and it's never what you assume it's going to be, right? Interesting. See, I didn't even thought about that. Hun is meeting the new 
Archangel Celestina, who is like super nice. She's like hot. She's so hot. And she dresses with these lilac and um, pink robes, which would just put me at ease. Mm -hmm. But she's so nice. And I think it's a little unsettling for our Mm -hmm. angel trio for Isaiah and Hunt and Naomi because they are not used to. Yeah. They're like, when is the other shoe going to drop? Right. We get like a, I mean, we don't need to keep harping on this. Obviously, just remain confused about Hunt's choice of jobs, especially remain confused because he has a little mental aside here where he's like, wow, like, should I ask the new governor to like free Victoria from her prison at the bottom of the Marinara's Trench? And like, he's like, well, she's probably already gone crazy. And like, maybe the new governor won't like it. So I don't think I'll do it. And I'm like, why the fuck are you not going to get her? Right. Just, I was like, just going to get why? her. Especially when like, nobody's been in power to tell you that you're not allowed to yeah just call up like theory and go yeah. get her i truly don't understand me neither <laughs> yeah hmm. <laughs> what does friendship mean to you <laughs> he's like it had been months odds were that vic had gone insane was likely begging for death with each moment in that box anyway we have like a standing nine o'clock call with the governor now like every morning oh my <laughs> like- god and it's also like yeah no that's funny because it's also like well yeah if she gone if she'd gone insane as banging her death you could like get her and kill her right you could I mean, right. that's kind of grim but they're just they're i don't know he's sort of on autopilot in a way yeah which maybe like honestly if Relatable. i were like, not attracted to that so i'd be oh, like okay <laughs> <laughs> sorry we went different places with that no we we all have different preferences rach it's okay <laughs> yeah uh and she tells isaiah like you're free in my eyes i'll try and like push the paperwork f- through so that you can be free oh kind of legally binding sense wait she was giving such and i want to be really clear not referring to my own personal experiences but she was giving such head of a liberal nonprofit vibes oh my god she was like you're i just want you to know like you're maybe literally a slave but you're like free in my eyes like thing you're so valued and she's like no it's like we really do value your work-life balance here however if you don't answer your phone on the first ring at 11 p.m i will murder you (laughs) right she's like what would you like to be called would, yeah. would you want Hunt or Orion? And he's like, ew, just call me Hunt. Nobody he's calls like, fuck off. You're just my boss. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not friends. The meeting with Celestine is going well until the very end where we get sort of the other shoe dropping, mm-hmm. which is that I guess we're going to try and merge Triarii's because if you'll recall, Sandriel's hench people didn't really get offed the same way she did. Mm. And I guess they're the like whole free head agents. Removal from body thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're like free agents now, and they want to basically like put what remains of Micah's squad with what remains of Sandriel's squad together. Unfortunately, that means we now have to learn all the fucking H names mm, of. Yep, the H's are here, the baby. Different people. It's so tough we have the hind. Great, we have it's the hind. It's so hard. Half, we have the hind. Which half deer shifter? <sighs> yeah, and I mean. Sarah, could we have just done some different letters? I don't know. Well, a note yeah, for I mean, next time, perhaps. She Is wanted all ages. Yeah, I guess. H okay, for henchmen. So Two enter right now. Pollux, Antonius, and Baxian Arcos. So Pollux, Ooh. his alias, is Hammer. 
He's like the worst. He's just like a terrible person. Right. I think sleeps with the hind. They're together. Right? Yeah. They're together. They're, t- they're together in some kind of like psycho killer way. Yeah. No, they're, yeah, they're quote unquote in love. Evil love. We, we love evil love. Then we have Baxian Argos, the hellhound. Hot name. Yeah. And so he's called that because even though he's an angel, he also has the ability to turn into a literal hellhound, which I guess is just like a scary dog of some kind. And he has like a wicked scar that Hunt gave him when they were beefing at some point in centuries past. You know, they've been longtime rivals. Yep. We'll just front load this because we pick up on this a bit in the next couple chapters. But we get some inklings that maybe he is not, he's been grouped together with Pollux at all, but he maybe is not the monster right. they are per right. se. Hunt is reflecting on the fact that, oh, I guess I've never heard of like him directly torturing anyone. Like he's done some bad shit, but. Maybe he himself has never tortured them. And at one point, he compliments Bryce on killing Micah. Like, it was like, seems to earnestly be like, yeah, Micah sucked. He, like, needed to be killed. Yeah. Yeah. And Hunt isn't really buying it. Hunt is not at the moment buying it. Yeah. Hunt, you know, in his defense, very suspicious of For all sure. other angels, yep. which I think merited. A fair position to hold. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So just to recap, we have the Hind. She's in Pangera. She, whatever, captured, quite possibly killed Sophie. The Hind is in love with the Hammer, who's Pollux, who's just bad boy. Then we have Baxian, a.k.a. the Hellhound. Maybe good boy. There are references to others. There's a Harpy, but I don't think we have to get into at the moment. I almost, like, lolled out loud because there was a one-line mention to another one called the Hawk. And I was like, you have to be fucking kidding me. There's another one. Never hear anyway, never hear of that again, I don't think. Oh, thank God. So you can just forget that one. Great. Yeah. Um TLDR, they like pop up and hunt immediately tackles Pollux the hammer to the ground and they get into a fight. Well, boys. Um boys will Pol- be boys. Pollux is like Pollux is like super fucked up, horrible person. Yeah. Ne- next level shitty vibes. Yeah. Loves killing people and all that like sy- true psycho evil yeah yeah we get the briefest interlude which is basically just ethan is kind of forlorn and by himself in bryce's Aww. apartment and he's like i'm so used to a pack i don't have a pack i guess i have to find a new pack what am i gonna do and he's on a journey and feeling lonely but like we all are so it's fine right and there's you know a male loneliness epidemic and he's feeling it too and he's got a so true wow find it. his new crew yeah, more maybe on that shortly. Anyway, basically, Celestine calls Bryce in to kind of handle putting the boys in timeout. She put like Pollux and she put Hunt in timeout. Which in, like, I do the little love. Prison. Yeah. I love when we put centuries old men in timeout. Yeah. I don't know. There's like a lot of Pollux is being a shitty person trying to get a rise out of Bryce and Hunt. But like Bryce gets to take Hunt home. Yeah. And Bryce also just doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? She's like, okay, cool. Are you going to do a better roast of me? Or are you just going to do? Yeah, she's not rattled at all. Yeah, she's not rattled at all. She's not impressed. (sighs) And finally, we get back to Therian, who we learn is like kind of a bit of a tradie, maybe not really, but could have been. He was like not he was like he basically got this job because he slept and then I guess got sort of engaged to the queen's daughter engagement. Yeah. Yeah. But like he like wasn't good at school or really that good at anything. He's kind of just like a partier sick. (laughs) But now he's like the chief of intelligence or whatever. Um, 
Men failing up. A yeah. classic tale. He, he really is failing up. Like I think Dina said, he is feeling a bit bad for himself because he wants to live in the world above. Very Little Mermaid. Part of your world. Wow. <laughs> Do you want to keep going? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. But the like water world does seem kind of sick. First of all, magic otters hither and thither. Incredible. Cute. We love. But they also have a chic modern building that they've put at the bottom of the ocean because oh, the yeah. computers have to stay dry. And he loves being in because he loves yeah. watching TV. He loves modern amenities. Right. It's he's like, like the, a, he's in the luxury high rise in Brooklyn. He's in, the yes. he's in the adult dorm of the whatever river sea people. And he has like a cream shag carpet. And he apparently is always at risk of missing his whatever. If you'll recall from book one, mer people in their human form have to get back in the water every 24 hours. And he uh-huh. loves being in his human form so much that he has to like always race to like, he has a bunch of alarms set. He's like, race oh, yeah. to get into honestly, the relatable King. He's a procrastinator. He works best on a deadline, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 True. So what is he doing? He is using hacking. He's hacking. He's using hacking. He's using hacking. Everybody's a hacker. Do they have like a really good STEM programs in the high schools at Crescent City or what? Well, okay. Here's the thing. Declan, Declan sent him up with like a user-friendly hacking program. Okay, great. The interesting thing I found is that they say he got the hacking program to help solve his sister's murder, which is like his trauma. Mm -hmm. But that predated the events of last book which means he both knew hunt and knew declan independently and so sort of like i don't know kind of fun kind of fun that the the network was already forming even before anyway um boys making bonds boys making friends wow yeah so he's still looking for sophie so he just like clack 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 crickety clack hacks into her emails and most of them are nothing but he finds a series of cryptic emails between Sophie and Banshee Fan 56. Who? Dun 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 dun. dun. Oh, who could it be? Our favorite it turns dead out by is, Queen. Yeah, our favorite holder of all secrets. Just add more to the bucket. Danica. It's Danica. I guess the Banshees are like a band that she likes. We're not going to like read the emails, even though they're sort of like written out in the book. Basically, there's not a lot we can tell yet from it. There are some key terms. Dusk's Truth. Mm-hmm. No one really knows what that means. Project Thur, mm-hmm. which is, you know, Our that demigod. demigod. Yeah. Honestly, I thought I was going to be the only one that picked up on that. So I was a little disheartened when Rach mentioned that she knew that too. But anyway. This is only from consuming content on this issue. I certainly wouldn't have otherwise. <laughs> okay. Thank you for making me feel a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's like stuff we don't know, but it seems like Danica was advising Sophie on where to hide her brother in Crescent City once she sprung him from the death camp or whatever. Right. And it it feels like there's a connection between Danica and whatever this thing was that Sophie knew that was in her head. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which I'd already forgotten about. Anyway. Plot, <laughs> um, <laughs> plot, 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 whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... I can't wait for this to become a TV show because we get a little scene where he's like late for his 24 hour dip. So he like sprints for the chamber and like all his clothes get wet. So like when he, he goes into fish form or whatever mm-hmm. and when he comes back out, he's just like stark naked. Yeah. Wow. Which is hot. And hopefully it's on like a, you know, I was hopefully it's say, on a, hopefully a channel it's on that Max. allows us or like stars or some shit, right. you know, like, oh, Yo, wow. You want, you want full frontal. <laughs> 
I want full frontal. Stars <laughs> Stars has been delivering full frontal for decades, let yeah. me tell you. Oh. Um, <laughs> okay. So it's really hot. We also, though, get a kind of stark reminder that he is in the NCIS, basically, of yeah. Crescent City, because he has a fucking, like, he puts on a Navy windbreaker with the yellow, like, the FBI letters, and it's, like, blue court investigative unit on the back. Um, I don't hate it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you love cops? Yeah, you love cops. <laughs> Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh my god, these fucking lawyers, guys, save me. It's got nothing. Oh, fine. Um, I know. I think sorry, you're being I'm a little. Just... You're being a little reductionist. If I'm, if I'm honest. Wow. If I'm being honest, anyway. Google's reductionist. <laughs> anyway. Therian gets a tip about an abandoned boat, and he goes, and sure enough, it smells like a meal basically <laughs> which they, he just knows i was gonna say There's what does like, it just smell like young human boy what's it it smells like teen spirit right it smells like <laughs> young teen spirit um <laughs> so there's like a life jacket from the ship that emil was on and through some clues including conveniently a map that was just so happened to be left in the boat of course and some limbs that are kind of some torn limbs oh, or whatever yeah, there are limbs he deduces that emil has set off on foot for crescent city but that also there's maybe a squad of of ophian crack troops the light something the light fall squad yeah uh, who are who are after him so there's like a there's like a who's a gonna chase. find him first right. there's a chase there's a chase i guess also we didn't really mention i can't remember because i finished i first read this book like a long time ago but th- this girl pippa there's this <laughs> rebel girl yes. pippa who's yeah. like both very effective rebel but has her own agenda and is trying to kind of rise to the top of the she's like a gunner she's like a gunner for being a rebel yeah and she's kind of brutal right like it's one of those things where it's like do we when they go low do we go high or she's kind of like no we can we need to take their tactics and use and be as cruel and as brutal as they are in order to win kind of thing which in her defense that really work going high i know might be might be true who knows but i think there's this whole idea that the rebels aren't just necessarily the quote-unquote good guys right g capital g yeah they got their own issues yeah the name Pippa Spetsos is just too funny to me. It is. It yeah, just. I guess I think true. like Pippi Longstocking. So I'm always picturing like Pippi Longstocking mm-hmm. like on a boat. Oh with wow, horse. that's tough. Yeah, <laughs> that's tough. Pippa for me is like isn't wasn't it like Kate yeah Middleton's Pippa Middleton and, like, the, like white dress. It's like again, it, which is not giving rebel no. leader either. Yeah. So confusing it's name. One. No offense to Pippas yeah. out there. If you're a Pippa, get in touch. <laughs> Get in touch. Just generally. (laughs) (laughs) We're back with Hunt and Bryce. They're eating ice cream. Things still remain a little off, like a little tense. Mm. But they also can't figure out if Celestine is just fucking with them or is genuinely nice. They're like wondering about the Asteri motivations. And they're like, wow, I wonder if they have to put someone to fuck with us because they can't get at us. We're so beloved. A jury of our peers would like say we're innocent if they took us to trial. And I'm like, these people still li- are living under this delusion that they're fake legal system. Right. These people just launch nuclear missiles at your city. And you're yeah. like, well, like, you know, at the very least, like if it comes to a trial, maybe we'll win. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. Like, like certainly 
it will not be coming to a trial. No. Yeah, I think no trial. So they're by the water. Yeah, they're in the park. They're walking along the the quay. Is, is that what a quay is? Is that you? I've never said that word. I've only read it. You know? I don't think I have either. I've never even heard of that word. I think quay. That sounds nice. So they see a spooky reaper. It's spooky, and then they also see Therian waving frantically at them. On his little jet ski. Oh, I love when he's on his jet ski. Yeah. So they head back to the apartment. Therian, he gets in some good bands, as per usual. Of course. He's like, yeah, my work has a lot of grunt work. I mean, not the grunting I'd like to be doing with you. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then, like, we're getting the boys are back in town because he's going to, like, share what's happening. And Bryce is like, quick, let me text Rune. And remember, Ethan's there. Now Hunt's there. Truly the whole bro crew is coming together. Later, Deck and Flynn come. And look, I like boys. There are too many boys here. Too many boys. That's what I'm saying. Kill one of them. Keep Sophie alive. Let's mix it up a little. Yeah, because June and Fury are just sort of on the periphery. Right? Like, where are they? Yeah, they don't really come back. It's like in wedded bliss, which so is So it's just fine. like her and her boys. And there's like a moment where later they're all eating their different forms of meat pizza because they're like men and they, they need like all the meat you could possibly have on a pizza. Of course. And they're just, like, clinking beer and, like, whatever. It's funny. Obviously, I think it's meant to recall. Like, she's found a new pack, yeah. you know? Like, Danica and the Wolves or whatever. Right. But while that one didn't give me the ick the way it did, Rachel, this one gave me the oh, ick wow. a bit. I was like, no, don't high-five. They keep high-fiving over dumb Did they joke. literally high-five? Yeah, they literally high-five and they're, like, clinking beers. And I'm like, no. No. Pass. Please pass. <laughs> but... Like, Illy, Bryce, and I guess allegedly she did have really good female friendships, like, with Danica and stuff, but this whole bro-down is, she is, on the other hand, absolutely a girl who I could picture being, you know, she's, like, the classic, like, yeah, I'm just, like, a guy's girl, like, yeah. girls are too much drama, like, I just like to, like, <laughs> like, I have so many guy friends, I just like to, like, hang out with them, so I'm, like, really chill and, like, meh. Nobody else is really picking up what I'm putting down. That's fine. Well, no, it's just, it's confusing because then she's also like, you know, she loves her little stereotypically feminine outfits. Right, right. I mean, she's contains multitudes. Uh, yeah, I think it could give Rach pick me if she didn't also have her constant still pining for her BFF, Danica, and the June and Fury That's stuff. That's true. Yeah, she wants gal pals. Gal pals don't want her. <laughs> or, the, or they die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're kind of prone to death. So. So Therian comes, he sort of recounts everything he knew, and all the rest of the boys and myself are groaning out loud because we know that Bryce is in a kind of aimless mood and she is like a definitional martyr in search of a cause mm. and about to fucking eat this shit up and boy does she she's immediately like oh my god we have to save this boy like he's a boy there are people after him like does no one care about the boy and her star her like hero light is going off because she's so right and pure and everyone else is making very reasonable points about how you know you're kind of a you're kind of like a big deal now like you can't just be going helping this person affiliated with rebels and expect there to be no consequences and she's like but he's a boy <laughs> and they're like right but also the consequences have been laid out for you in great detail and they are that the Assyria will kill every single person you love yeah but she's again she's like she's like well like but what if he's hungry like this 13 year old boy is gonna be hungry also like Danica Danica wasn't a rebel like ugh 
I knew Danica and everyone's like, well, didn't we go over this already? Like, it seems like maybe you didn't know as much as you thought you did. And she's like, no, she wasn't a rebel, but like maybe she wasn't. I just need to find out. And it was all like so predictable, but I really liked it because the boys were all kind of like, oh my God, like really? And at one point Hunt is like by himself and he's like fucking theory and like what the fuck did Therian think was gonna happen like get your shit together you can't just throw this out to bright she's <laughs> right. just gonna go off with it which is why Therian <laughs> did it right but no well that was weird too because he at first was like i don't want you guys involved like don't like don't tell you can't tell anyone and she's like well you told me so now i'm gonna do it yeah like, sorry also again classic this thing is top secret. Everybody tells their two best friends who tell their two best friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Within within pages, like, half the city knows about yeah. this. Anyway, so Bryce, like, pretends to kind of, like, walk back her enthusiasm, but everyone knows she's, this is, like, her new thing. You mm-hmm. know, like, this is going to be her mission. She says that she'll ask Fury about it, but she can't. And Darren is like, okay, cool. Can you call her? And she's like, no. Like, Fury's on date night. Slash will be in a better mood after she gets laid. I'll ask her tomorrow morning. It's like, okay. So I guess this missing poor teen is, it's not like so urgent. Right. You can make sure Fury has sex before you ask her a question. Let's get Fury laid first, and then we'll figure out whether this boy is still alive in the morning. <sighs> yeah. Oh, importantly, Hunt and Bryce that night decide to sleep in the same bed, and Ethan is going to take the guest bedroom. I mean, yeah. And they're, like, both kind of in a tizzy because, like, they're still not hooking Mm -hmm. up, but they're, like, so close or whatever. She wakes up to a call from her mom, which she chaotically puts on speakerphone, and she walks out into the living room so that, you know, Hunt and Ethan can see her while she's doing it. And I will note, she is wearing a lilac lace demi-thong, which... We've talked about this. We've discussed it. What's a demi-thong? I think there's just a bit more fabric. Yeah, I think okay. it's like cheeky. Cheeky. Yeah, it's it's like a light cheeky. Yeah. But it's not it's not more breathable. No. This isn't making up for the kind of not. original sin. Of- no, it's that's more about the fabric. That is just so bizarre are sleeping in a thong that's sick okay well let's not <laughs> seek help let's not judge too harshly mm, i <laughs> feel that i can and also classic bryce again because she's like oh i like walked out in my threadbare t-shirt and my little demi thong and then she's like oh oops oopsie ethan and hunt are looking at me <laughs> but i hate being famous and i don't want anybody to look at me <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah she is, though, she's wearing more big, comfy t-shirts, though. Yeah. She's improving some. Slowly. Incremental. Yeah. Yeah. Mom finds out about marriage. They get into a little, like, teenage fight, honestly, yeah. about not controlling her life. Hunt then gets mad because Bryce didn't tell him about Cormac. And she's like, well, I was bailing you out of fucking jail, so, like, it didn't come up. Sorry. And he's like, oh, yeah. Why are things so weird? And they don't really resolve it. That's kind of <laughs> yeah. Most importantly, oh my god, the girls meet, and they meet at Tempest in a Teapot, and I swoon, because this is a little tea shop, and it's on this, like, chic little street, it sounds like, where there are lots of little restaurants and bars. Little tables outside. So cute. Like, such a cute place to swap intel. Yeah, and Fury gets her, like, chai latte, and Fury tells Bryce that, okay, she doesn't really know about Sophie and Danica, but... She has two other fun little pieces of gossip. One is that Ethan has 
always had a thing for Bryce. Everyone knew, but obviously Bryce. And two, that the only secret she knew about Danica was that Danica was a bloodhound. Mm, super cool. Which means she's like 23 and me, basically. Right. She can figure out your heritage, which in this world, I guess, is important because it often also tracks your powers or something. Right. If you're a bloodhound, you can smell like person's full family tree. Yeah. Which leads to Bryce being like, oh yeah, like I wonder who like slept with Sabine. Like Sabine sucks. Like why would you do that? Yeah. Okay, now we're at whatever. What is the barracks called? The Comidium or something? Yeah, the Comidium. And Hunt and Isaiah are, like, on the training field when they get a little, like, email assignment from Celestine. Celestina. It's Celestina. What'd I say? Celestine. Celestine. I think I've been saying that the whole time. You have. It's okay. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Celestina. I thought her name was Celeste, so. Celestina. They get, like, a little email assignment from Celestina, pairing them up, assigning new buddies and basically she's like okay we're gonna assign Baxian with Hunt and Pollux with Naomi and they feel really bad for Naomi but Hunt's like well I fucking hate Baxian but again we get more of like well maybe actually like is Baxian bad Mm -hmm. it seems like he's getting better TBD who knows Baxian is like let Pollux be an asshole and dig his own reputational grave So Rune and Bryce kind of meet outside the Fae archives. They then go back to meet Ethan and I think Therian, who are at the apartment. And they walk in and Ethan is like, hey, your cat's a sweetheart, by the way. And everyone's like, what cat? Also, LOL, Ethan, you've been there for multiple days. I know. I love that, too. It's like it's like such boy shit. I was like, okay, he's more boy than wolf. Because I presume a wolf would block a cat's presence. But, like, right. he's been there for multiple days and just has not. He's like, yeah, I guess there could have been a cat here the whole time. Yeah. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. But it turns out it's a cat with stunning blue eyes. <gasps> and Bryce goes, that's not a cat. And it is our fave prince of the chasm, Adis. But except, except asterisk. It's not. But Will hasn't reread the book, so he doesn't. <laughs> I actually just reconciled this memory in my head because it's a weird one. You think it's Adis the whole time, and then you find out at the very end of the book that it's actually one of the Asteri pretending to be Adis. Oh. Fuck. So this whole conversation, Regulus, Regulus, Rigelus, I think. Yeah, the whole conversation that they think is the Prince of the Chasm pushing them in a certain direction is actually the Asteri. Wow, that I thought was the Prince of the Chasm because he yeah, had completely forgotten that fact. I was really hung up on the fact that he was in his cat form the whole time and I was like, he's fucking talking as a cat again. Mm-hmm. Like, I know. That's oh, so weird. <laughs> Stop that doing that. so weird regardless of who it is. Okay, well, there are multiple layers here then. They all think it's Prince of the Chasm. And he's basically like, hello, princess. Like, why aren't you training with your powers? He kind of gives more of the backstory about their fey ancestors. Theia is her ancestor. And apparently she has the same exact light and powers. Which again, I don't get if this is the Asteri guy, why he's doing all of this. Yeah. I don't get that either, but maybe maybe it becomes clear? Question no, mark. not in this book, I don't think. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so I guess, yeah, Asteri as Adis is giving the real history of the yeah. world, which has been suppressed, which is that Thea's high general, Peleus, overthrew her, killed her, I guess, 
forcibly wed one of her daughters. The other daughter fled and ran away. Right. Again, why are you divulging this history that you've tried so hard to keep secret? Well, it does a good job of like people are like, oh, okay. Like Therian's like, you know, I kind of knew these histories are bullshit. Yeah. But anyway, fake Adis is like the Asteri fed their lives to your ancestors. That's why the library that Jessica has is so important because it has the truth. He makes reference to the fact that Thea had all these other powers besides like blinding light. So Bryce made me think about that. Look into that which i guess that makes somewhat sense to me if they want to know what kind of power she has and how they could use them or take them yeah he says he claims that like the the armies of hell coming in through the portal was a mistake it's micah opened a a pen to like you know the grunts who don't know any better right and they just like kind of invaded but the princes of hell are like chill and they're like at bryce's command and she's like oh so you think i should join the rebellion And he's like, look, if you need kind of authority figure to make yourself feel better, sure, join the rebellion. And she's like, well, I don't know anyone from the rebellion. And she's like, that's not true. There's one right behind you. Mm. Bryce whirls. Mm. Hunt whirls. Lightning poised to strike. And guess who's standing at the door? Who could it be? Cormac Donnell, our Scottish lad. Wow. Also known as... Hello, Agent Silverbow. Fake Adis crooned. Bum, bum, bum. And so that's where we end today, but things are about to get a little more interesting. So many questions, so few answers. That's how you know you're in the middle of a Crescent City book. Here we Stay go. Stay tuned with that cliffhanger. Yeah, with that cliffhanger. Thanks, folks, for coming along with us. If you loved today's app, be sure to give us a rating, share it with your favorite GC, your group chat, and make sure to come back and hang with us next week. Indeed. And happy autumnal equinox draws nigh we to thee and thine wow do you know when it is like when is i think it's halloween i don't know what isn't it maybe not oops (laughs) well okay well the autumnal equinox is apparently september 23rd and it's not halloween so do that what you will (laughs) we regret the error all right but again we're not we never said we're here for facts no. No, it's vibes. And it wasn't feeling very autumnal. No. In late September. Exactly. On the- Climate change. We're actually ahead of the curve. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.